In today's episode of the Herbert Kane podcast, I'm going to be giving you my reflections of 2020. What guests most inspired me? Who are some of my favourite guests to interview? And what is coming up in the 2021 season? Let's take a listen. Welcome to the Who I Became podcast. So I wanted to thank you for listening. Um, in 2020, um, I released over 23 episodes and I just did the, the calculations over this holiday um, season. I've been downloaded over 8,000 times, um, which for me is is incredible. And I know that um, it's touching people in 17 countries as far away as um, Kuwait, Australia, Russia, Belgium, Ireland, France, Germany, Portugal, and Norway, you know, as well as my, my own homeland of the United Kingdom. So I really want to say, wherever you're listening, uh, I really want to thank you. Thank you for taking the time each week to join me. Um, it really means uh, an awful lot when I see the different countries pop up on the, the analytics, uh, when I get your um, comments and, and feedback. So what would really help me as I look for 2021 is please continue to like and share each episode. It helps it grow, helps it get noticed. And above all else, I love the comments and the messages um, that you share with me. So I have a personal Instagram page, which is just at Simon Osimo, or you can send me a message on LinkedIn, which is where I tend to get a lot of my messages. But I would love to hear from you from either of those um, platforms. Um, good, bad, indifferent of this podcast. Also, another way for it to get more noticed is if you would consider writing a review on Apple iTunes. So um, again, you know, there's a, a lot of people would have listened to this podcast it'd mean the world to me to keep growing and sharing it with your circle of influence so um, please consider going onto itunes and writing a review so i just want to share some of my highlights of 2020 of some of the conversations that i had and i was listening back to some of the 23 episodes um and there was a few that resonate so i want to start off by saying that I have made some incredible friends uh, along the way. These aren't just people that I interview to hear their stories. Uh, these are people that I can really connect with on a deep personal level. Uh, and a lot of the guests, um, you know, I've become good friends with. And I know that in episode nine with Dan Blevins, we actually recorded that episode um, twice. And, and I wanted to share the, the reason why. But the first time, um, Dan shared a little bit about his personal battle with pornography. And we weren't too sure that the, the recording came out as we both wanted. So we actually went back and recorded it again. Now, for any man that is listening out there to admit that you have um, a problem, an unhealthy de desire, something which is affecting your marriage, it was very brave of him to actually share, to raise his hand and say, hey, I have an issue with with, with pornography this is how it's affected my life and this is how I've moved moved forward I know that Dan was very nervous um, about how that episode might be perceived by people that know him but also the judgment that he might have faced by others and I think it was literally the following morning after that episode aired I had an email from a gentleman in New Zealand who no idea who he was not heard from him since but he sent an email and said by hearing Dan's story and sharing his battles with pornography, I am like him and it has inspired me to keep up the fight. And I think within 15 minutes of getting that message, I forwarded that to Dan 
um, you know, and he was humbled by how sharing his story uh, really could inspire others. And it was a, a strong message for me because I rem- it reminded me how being vulnerable leads to connection. Um, so, I mean, that was a, a great episode that I reflect back on as to not only the vulnerability and openness that Dan shared about his battle with pornography and how it affected his life, but also the um, impact that it had on someone else's um, life. And now Denise Costa in episode 14, Denise has gone on to be um, a good friend of mine and hopefully we're going to try and find ways to collaborate outside of this podcast. Um, I consult in safety and security and Denise, um, for anyone that hasn't listened to the episode, Denise in episode 14 um, is a sort of threat um, um, prevention specialist and she focuses on or did at the time focused on around domestic violence and I heard Denise's story online I can't remember too much where it was I believe it could have been uh, Joe Saunders's podcast called Managing Violence Joe's out of Australia great podcast if people haven't listened listened to that it has some incredible people on there but I believe Denise was 21 or 22 when she was doing an internship with an organization like Social Services uh, and she was supporting a woman called Norma who is the victim of domestic violence at the hands of her husband. And it changed Denise's life um, forever for a couple of reasons. One, sadly, the Norma was killed at the hands of her husband and Denise had the opportunity um, to, to work with Norma, to get to, to know Norma and had to sort of work through that very own trauma in her life when Norma was, Norma's life was taken um, by her husband. But also, Norma had said something to Denise, which had a profound impact on her. That you know, she inferred that well, this is her life. You know, I, I am a victim, and I'm always going to be a victim. And Norma had almost accepted and become resigned to the fact that she was going to be the victim of domestic violence, and there was nothing she could do. She'd almost given up hope. So when I heard this story of, of Denise, um, I knew I needed to share it on the, on the podcast as to how it changed her as a 21-year-old a um, to spend her entire life now around sort of threat assessment, threat management, uh, domestic violence, workplace violence. Um, and she is the author of the book Refusing to Accept the Unacceptable. So if you haven't heard of that book, I'll put the link in the show notes. You should go and buy it. I mean, it's an incredible, incredible book. But, um, you know, through Denise's story, I was also inspired because it reminded me of the hope that we all have in our own lives, no matter what that hope is life. And it was very saddening and disheartening to hear that Norma had lost that hope. So um, Denise shares an incredible um, story through that. And like I said, I've had the, the privilege to become um, friends with Denise and I'd love to try and find a way to, to collaborate with her on the work that she she does. And then I remember in episode 15, again, if you haven't listened to these episodes, go back with some great conversations in there with Ross Duker, who is a Scottish criminologist. Um, I got to know Ross through a good friend of mine here in Minnesota, another fellow Brit called Dr. James Densley of The Violence Project. Ross um, specialises in and around sort of gang and sort of youth culture, but he's drifted more towards mindfulness coaching and sort of performance coaching. So part of his episode sort of charts his journey from those two professions um but he is i believe he's written maybe four or five books now ross has written some some intriguing conversation but what i really loved about um 
my connection with Ross is that, uh, like me, I think he champions for the underdog. Um, and he sees the people that he interviews and researches, he sees them as people. I mean, I think at one point um, he was talking about going to Scandinavia and seeing these prisoners, um, these people detained that are doing yoga, and it encouraged him to, to learn more. And I think part of my connection with, with Ross was, was seeing the fact that some of these people that are incarcerated are actually more free than some of us that live within society. And I think that is an interesting concept for some of us to really understand. But I think from my time in law enforcement, I can see that as well. But there are some people that are incarcerated that are freer in their mind than those of us that live among society. And, you know, me and Ross sort of delve into that a really bit, little bit. And some of that really comes out from his work. So if you haven't listened to that episode, that is episode 15 with, with Ross Duker. And, and another thing I'd say about Ross is, uh, you know, he, he has a great soothing Scottish accent and he's also become my performance coach. He's not only become a friend, um, he's become a performance coach, me here in the U.S., um, him here in um, Ross in Scotland and he does a lot of sort of meditation um, techniques and he has a very soothing voice for it so I'll put his details in the show notes for any of you to go and listen back to but that was a, a key highlight for me in 2020 was getting to know Ross Duker and some of the work that he does. Uh, another one in episode 22 was Dr. Samuel Ekendayu, a Nigerian living in New Zealand. So I might put a couple of reasons why I was attracted to Dr. Samuel. One, um, half my um, heritage is Nigerian, so I always have an interest in sort of um, around uh, Nigerians. I've never visited the country, don't really have any contact with any of that side of families i think that's sometimes why i'm sort of drawn and interested towards um, nigerians but i saw a post of his on linkedin that went viral called the power of consistency and i think at the time it had just over half a million views uh, now i think it's up to close to a million it's only a three or four minute video so um, i'll put his i'll put the link to that specific video in the show notes for this episode but i really encourage you to go and listen to it called the power of consistency um but i got to know dr samuel who is a sort of um, performance coach uh, lecturer out of new zealand um he was kicked off his phd program at 23 so a couple of things resonated with me. One, it was very young to do a enter a PhD program, and also to have that adversity to be kicked off, saying that you're not good enough, you're not reaching the standard, we don't have faith in you. It was really powerful to hear how he came out the other side of that, and that's a two-part episode, episode twenty-two and twenty-three. But more so than that episode was when he taught us the key to life. So he is a Nigerian who um, went to New Zealand via Malaysia, I believe it was, it could have been um, Singapore, I know it was somewhere, somewhere in Asia, and asked him, you know, with Africa being a poor continent, how is it that you could break free, you could move to a first world country, you could find the sort of the, the riches that most people desire, you have enough food, you know, you have all the things that you need. And he taught me and explained the key to life. That's saying there was um, three components that you need. Knowledge, wisdom and understanding. Knowledge is information. Understanding is comprehension. And wisdom is application. If you understand 
can recognize and can have those um, free items within your life you will live a very fulfilled life and how he articulated that to me was very very impactful and um, something that I think we could try and apply in in our all in our own lives and I know Dr Samuel is someone that um, I will for sure stay in contact with he's a very very impactful impactful guy and I guess another key episode and I tried to reflect on this the, the reason why I think part of this is because of I love champion for the underdog uh, and also my time spent in criminal justice but the episodes with both Gary Robinson and Lester Young are really really inspiring and um, if you haven't listened to those episodes from 2020 go back and take a listen but they're both incarcerated for violent crimes and what I loved about their stories is learning how they found redemption in the darkest place and how they conduct themselves now to encourage other young men to live a life of significance and not fall into a criminal justice system. I mean, it's just inspiring to me. Um, Gary Robinson was convicted of a carjacking. Lester Young was convicted of murder. Um, it relates to my comment I made earlier about some people that are inside the criminal justice system are freer in their minds than some of us that live on on the outside so it was encouraging for me to see that they didn't let their poor life choices define who they were today but use those poor life choices to help them to inspire others incredible 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 journeys of transformation if you haven't listened to those two episodes with Gary Robinson and Lester Young and go back and, and take a listen two very impactful individuals and lastly meeting Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman was a true honour and a privilege for me. I mean, we have several mutual friends, so it was great to spend some time with him. I'm always captivated by his words when I hear him speak. Um, I've read pretty much, I think, all of his books, bar, bar one of his books I've not read. And he's just a very inspirational um, individual. And if you haven't listened to that episode, believe that is episode three. Um, some great, great knowledge sharing, some great, great teaching. He tells the story of Christopher Amoruso, the 9-11 first responder, who was going up and down the Twin Towers to save lives. I think it's an iconic photo. If you type in Christopher Amoruso 9-11, it comes up. You know, And um, what I was fascinated about this conversation, and I'd heard Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman talk on this about four years ago, so it gave me an opportunity to, to really hone in on this area. And he covered it when he said he often used to ask his law enforcement classes about this iconic photograph of Christopher Amoruso. Is that you know, Christopher Amoruso is running towards the danger time and time again when others are running away. And he often asks his law enforcement classes, you know, why is this? And, and part of his answer, you need to listen to the full episode, but part of the Lieutenant Colonel's, um, Dave Grossman's answer is that, and he says this about first responders, he says, sometimes the greatest love is not to sacrifice your life, but to live a life of sacrifice. Sometimes the greatest love is not to sacrifice your life, but to live a life of sacrifice. And he goes on to say that only the sheepdog loves enough to die for other sheep. And I'll give some context around this. He's talking about first responders. Um, but his wisdom and authority and the way that he sort of tells these stories is for me you know I get goosebumps when I when I hear on this and it is very true and as we start to look at our own lives in 2021 
Um, I'll challenge you to say, where do you need to realign priorities? What sacrifices do you need to make? Because uh, I know for me, it's to sacrifice the professional success that I always crave. That, that is always my Achilles heel, seeking that professional success. But I need to give more time to my, my family. So if you haven't listened to this episode, go back and listen to it. Uh, send me a message on LinkedIn or through my Instagram and let me know what you think. And you know, specifically, reflect on what sacrifices do you need to make in your own life as we look into 2021. So those were my highlights of my 2020 episodes. I would say I've interviewed 23 fascinating and incredible people. It's really hard to find some of my key points. There are Katie, the good patriot, um, deserves a mention. The church safety guys um, uh, determine a mention. Um, I've already recorded eight episodes with some fantastic guests for 2021 on subjects that include how to find purpose, childhood trauma, mass violence, domestic abuse, um, culture. So you'll notice that I never stray away from those tough subjects. So we have some inspirational guests in 2021 that are going to grow you, grow you deeper. One of my personal goals is to reach more. Um, so please, please remember to help me by subscribing to the YouTube channel at Simon Osmo. And I really want you to write a review on iTunes. Like I said, we had over 8,000 downloads um, of these episodes, which is fantastic, but I'd love to reach more. And I know the reviews really help um, a way for, for iTunes and other platforms to get the information, information out. So what a 2021. So we kick off the year with Wasim Debussy, who is from Sydney, Australia, on January 7th. That is titled How a Changing Culture Affected My Childhood. Uh, Wasim moved from Lebanon to Sydney when he was 10, 11 years old. Great, great episode, great episode. So I just want to sum up by saying I want to wish you a blessed new year. And please continue to reach out as I love to hear your stories um, and how this education has impacted in your own life. So we kick off again on January the 7th with Wasim Debussy. Um, have a blessed new year, everyone, and look forward to talking to you all soon. Thank you for joining us for the Who I Became podcast. If you are enjoying the discussions between Simon and his guests, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review as well as share with your friends on social media. Once again, thank you for joining the Who I Became podcast.